I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Some exchange betting companies run short-lived promotions, like months-long offers of low commission. At BetDag, we wanted to change the way we did things, so we set our commission at 2% permanently. That's 2% on football, horse racing, golf, almost any sport. 2%. That's just one way that BetDAC is changing for the better. For the better. Like you. BetDAC, the 2% commission exchange. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roker Report podcast in association with BetDAC, who is the proud front of shirt sponsor for Sunderland AFC. And speaking of Sunderland AFC, we are joined today by chairman, uh, major shareholder Stuart Donald, who's back for its sixth time. I think. Is it? Six, six, six. five. So we still haven't had him at Gangbang. <laughs> yeah, that was you. <laughs> the offer was on the table. Um, so we're here to talk a lot about contracts. I think it's going to come up. Transfers, uh, a few other nitpicky things to do with the stadium. You know, you come in here and you often you have to like constantly fight, don't you? I'm always having to give you things to fight back. Never get praise. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't get too much praise. That's modern football. Yeah, that's the way it is. So this season, we'll start with this season so far. Played Charlton at the weekend. Were you there? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I was there. Yeah. Enjoy it. Uh, all apart from their goal, and that well, I didn't enjoy the first half an hour. The second half, they they yeah. they were on us, weren't they? And first half, we should have we, we should have got that second goal, which would have changed the dynamic. And then we get back in it. I thought we did well to get back in it last fifteen minutes, and we looked like you know we had a chance of winning it then. And um, uh, you know, when you take a lead in any of these games, it's frustrating when you don't win them. Um, you know, but in context, you know, they're fourth very strong at home and the teams at the top of this league you know if you look at the weekend Portsmouth and Luton both went to top you know well in Norwich's case right at the top you know championship teams and they both got results so the the, the teams at the top of this league are no mugs and what where were you sitting the way end uh, I was in the away end um, in the last uh, section um, right to the left I asked when I get the tickets for the away games to be you know, not not too central and 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 you know, right in it because um you you know you don't want to go in and and you know be too um easily seen. But um, I have to say I would have preferred to have been in the middle. I don't quite like being stuck right on the end. Mm. Um, and in the bigger followings, I've managed to get 
sort of in the middle. I was at Blackpool, more more central, and that was um, that was more enjoyable. I don't like being stuck right on the end. Now, how did you find Blackpool with eight thousand something fans? Oh. It was quite for me. It was quite weird because we almost had like three away ends because everything yeah. was like separate. So the noise wasn't like normal. No, it's difficult in these grounds because you get a massive following, but you end up being split, mm-hmm. and you just think, well, I'll just put us in one big stand and let's really make some noise. So it's. You know, and then what happens is, you know, behind the goal sings, and then by the time you've caught up on the side, the the end has stopped, yeah. and it it doesn't quite give you the the noise that you you expect, unless of course you win, you score, um, there's a challenge, and um, I, I, I look, I don't know if you saw, but in the when when we scored the goal, and more notably when we made the substitutions. You know, the 3,000 fans of Blackpool, there was an awful lot of people stood up clapping our players. So I think we had quite a few. In their end. In their end as <laughs> yeah. well. How, are you surprised with how how well supported we've been this season? Because uh, as yes. somebody who isn't from here, you know, you might have known yes. Sunderland, but would you have known, you know, that you could take 8,000 in it? How many it could have been? It could have been 10, 12,000 if we were given the tickets. Yeah. Is it surprising? Yes, it is. Yes. Um, uh, although I've very quickly got used to it. And now the expectation levels are high. You know, we're looking at the Luton game going, you know, that they've they've responded that, you know, their fans are gonna be here in, in number and I'm thinking, well, could we get another forty thousand? You know, because um you know, I think against Oxford we had thirty one thousand home fans and you know, you'd expect a few more than that in, in what's, you know, a pretty big game. Um so you soon get used to it. Um but you can't take it for granted because it's absolutely um it's it's unbelievable. Um it makes you immensely proud to be involved. To be fair, it's it's fantastic. In the Bradford game, forty six thousand. Like you set the target forty. Yeah. I think I, I said to you and Charlie, I was like, "You'll get more than 40. Yep. And you was like, mm, "Not sure." No. But it, there we were. Pretty much a sellout. It went boom. Yeah, I think the home end was 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 pretty much sold out. And um, Bradford brought a hell of an end as well. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. You can't you you can't say enough about the support. Um, uh, the only thing when you see it is it just makes you even more deter- you realize how much um you know you've got the hopes and dreams of these people and and you get that in the away end you know when you go in these away ends and you see you know the passion and the commitment of the of the fans yeah i mean you, you just uh you realize how important it is for you to 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 try and um you know give people a happy weekend and a and a happy outlook um on their football club because uh you know, it makes it makes such a huge difference to an awful lot of people. So, speaking of the outlook for the season, do you think we're on course to achieve our aims? T- third place outside the top two had a bit of a I don't, I don't want to say Roby, but Christmas period we did drop a few points where we maybe weren't expecting it. So, the minute we are on the outside looking in, but do, do you think we are where we need to be? Are you happy? Yeah, I'm happy. Um, I think. It, it, you know, we we've started, as I've said before, a bit stronger than I thought. The the issue we've got from doing that is is you know the expectation level rises. You want that expectation level, so you've got to deal with it. And I think we've got ourselves in a fantastic position. Um, and I'm sure we'll come on to the January transfer window. But we've got ourselves in a fantastic position that um, you know if we have the right January, um, we've got every chance of achieving um, an instant return to the championship. And I think from those first few days of coming in and having a look at it on a bit of paper and then having had a look at it with with some of the issues within the playing squad at the time, um, you know, Jack deserves an awful lot of credit because whilst we've done the work t- to get the players out, the ones that he's left with, 
he's galvanised. He's added, um, you know, the right type of characters in the right areas. And um, I think we've definitely stopped the rot and it looks like we're moving in the right direction. But now we've got ourselves where we are. Um, you know, we've we got to see the thing through now. What happens if we don't go up this year? Um, then <clears throat> I think probably realistically as, as owners, we, we lose our lifeline um, because we've got to get up the following year. Um, and, um, you know, there's just more pressure next year. Um, and, and you, you know, somebody asked me about this at the weekend. There is no doubt that Sunderland at some point will find its way back to the Premier League. Um, and I would love that to be with Jack and myself and Charlie and, and Juan. Um, and we're absolutely committed to trying to make that happen. Um, and, you know, as, as this season gets more business-like, if you like, towards the, the results, you you feel that pressure and we gotta we got to rise to that and make sure that, we you know, the first part of the journey is completed this season. Um, you know, we want to be the people to get the football club sustainable, to get it um, feeling part of the community and to get it successful. Um, and from this stage, not, not going up would, would not be successful. And um, I think, you know, all our own fields, we've been pretty successful in what we've done and that will feel like a failure. But, um, uh, you know, all, we, all we'll be able to do, our only option is to go again, isn't it? Um, we'll have the finance to go again. It won't be um, as financially... Um, oh, I don't know what the phrase is, really. It will be financially more beneficial to get promoted because obviously we'll get a 10 million contribution and it it means, you know, we've got an extremely high wage bill for this league, unbelievably high. But in the league above, um, you know, it's 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 the norm. So, you know, with the extra revenue we'll then get, we can, you know, we can really have a go. How much of an impact has the crowds over Christmas? We had 34,000, I think, for Shrewsbury, 46 against Bradford. Minor calculations in my head say that should be worth half a million. Well, we well we budget for thirty one thousand, um, uh, and we moved that up slightly uh, about six weeks ago. So to be fair, we were budgeting for about twenty nine thousand. Um, so is it when you first come in twenty nine thousand? Twenty nine thousand average. That's what we expected. That's what our figures are based on. Um, and we have budgets obviously in, in all areas, and some are behind and some are ahead. Um, so. It's it's the average really that we're looking at, and the average looks like touch wood it's going to to be above. Um, so if if you said we were averaging thirty one thousand for the rest, then obviously we got fifteen thousand. You know, probably realistically twenty pounds. Take the VAT off. Um, you know, it's worth a quarter of a million pounds extra to us, um, and the crowds at this level make a huge difference they still make a difference in the championship if we can get sort of a regular 35 40 thousand it would make a huge huge difference to um you know what we can do so you know the fans are without doubt have played their part in making sure that you know um we get as good a financial result as possible so that we can we can back the team and the good news is that we've got all the other stuff functioning as it should so actually when the fans turn up and make this difference we can just plow it straight in the team so that's um and that's and that's what every fan wants. They don't want they don't want us to waste a million pounds of their hard earned money between them when they contribute eight million. They they want they want that eight million being spent well. They don't want six of it being spent well and two of it wasted on a you know, a, a winding down contract or whatever. They they want they want to know that they're making a difference. And um they are. 
to what degree have the the lawsuits that you've talked about on this podcast obviously we can't talk about them too much yeah. but to what degree have they impacted the long-term plan to make the club sustainable um i mean have we got uh, resolutions to some of them or we're yeah. still ongoing uh, no no we're, we're, we're in pretty good shape um we won all the ones that we've created so they've not cost us anything um uh there's the the, the the only one that, that at this stage is bad news is is Alvarez as we know, um, and I think he's he's appealed the settlement to ask for more. Um, so that would be some extra money if 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 we lose that. So that's that's bad news. Um, but Ellis is contributing half on that, so it's it's only half as bad as it could be um, from a from an ongoing perspective. Um, and that was one that we didn't budget to lose because of the advice we were given. So that, that that's bad news. But that has been offset by um, overperformance in getting the the general state of the football club um, in, in a much healthier position. So we are touch wood. We, we are in very good financial shape, yeah, from where we were. So we're financially stable. You would Absolutely. Say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're a bit more than that, to be fair. So now, if nobody put money in the Sunderland football, if you didn't ever write a cheque again and the club stayed where it was, it would be okay if the club was in league one um after the parachute payments next year stop at this stage they would lose money or we would lose money based on um the size of our our if you like our, our playing budget but the reality of it is we wouldn't be able to sustain this playing budget within the rules um of league one football um because it's probably roughly 10 million pounds higher than anybody else's in this league so we could become self-sustainable at this level, but we'd have to reduce our wage bill. But we still we still have the biggest wage bill in the league, so um, that would be a bit more work for us next year to do that. Um, but um, uh, you know, the, the way the contracts are shaped and the new contracts that we've done, um, I, I think in both this league and the league above, we can break even. Um, the the question is, um, how do we get that extra income? to really compete in the championship because in, in this league um, if you take the view that spend gets you promotion and it doesn't always but generally the teams that spend most over the average of 10 years tend to find themselves near the top of the league in this league that's us the question for us in the championship is how do we go from um, that wage budget that we would have to compete with the teams that get £40 million coming down from the Premier League um, now, I don't think we can add £40 million a year to compete with them, so we've got to spend our money better. But we don't want to accept we're £40 million worse off. We want to try and be inventive and find ways to get that down and spend that money well. So that would be our challenge. And that's, you know, the Championship is going to be the most difficult target if we get there at some point. OK, let's jump to contracts and agents and transfers, which is all the juicy stuff that I'm sure Lovely. everyone's listening <laughs> to this for. So... We'll start with Josh Madger, so everyone knows contract, deadlines passed, he's said that well, his agent has said that he, he won't be signing it. So I, I kind of wanted you to go through the process from start to finish with Madger, so fans have got an idea of when we first started talking okay. to him, what all the correspondence yep. has been to where we are now, and I know okay. that's probably daunting for you to think well, about right now. But <laughs> Well, the first thing I'd say about Josh, which is, which is similar to Lyndon and some of the other players... If I'm honest, the the contracts that we've inherited for them are ridiculous from the football club's perspective. 
And what I mean by that is that when these young lads come into our academy, if you think about it logically, they, they're signing two, three-year deals. I think three is the longest you can sign, but you can sign options for the length of time, I believe, that, that you've got the contract. So in Josh's case, we sign him for three years. So common sense tells you that for the first two years, he's going to be learning his way. He's unlikely to get in the first team. Um, and in the last year of his contract, he's got a chance of breaking through. So surely when we negotiate the contract in the first place, we should protect ourselves by putting extensions in that say, if George makes um, five first-team games or Linda makes 10 first-team appearances, then we automatically get an extra, extra year on his contract, but probably at a higher price. But we get the protection of the extra year. What we've done is put it completely the wrong way around so that actually Josh, get, and Josh or, or Linda get in the first team in earnest this season, playing week in, week out, and their agents then see a value to them. It's quite natural. But we got no protection of any length of contract. So we're now forced to negotiate. And this is not something that we'll have in the future. Because I'm not going to do this every 6 or 12 months. That our young players who break through to the first team. We have to renegotiate the contract with the agent thinking I can. And I'm not saying all agents thinking this. But I can make more money if he moves away than he can at Sunderland. So I'm going to. You know, I'm going to, I'm, as an agent, I'm going to try and make more money by getting him a move um, because all he's got to do is sit out six months of his contract. Now, I'm not saying the players think like that, but as a football club, we should protect ourselves from that. It would have been far more logical to say to Josh, if you play five games, we'll double your wage and give it, but, but you give us an extra year. And if in that year you play 20 games, we'll double it again and we get another year. Then we're protected. So it's, it's very frustrating to pick this up as we have because the football club have basically looked after these players for X amount of time and then probably through no fault of the players but the club haven't been smart enough to say well we're not going to get any value out of this for a couple of years but if we do get some value out of it at the end we'll let, we'll let the agent and the player have it all and the football club for the development gets nothing so um, I'll give a commitment to the, the Sunderland fans and it may mean that we lose one or two but we won't have this in the future the lads in the academy now if they're going to negotiate a contract I would expect us, um, and, and we've given this instruction already, to make sure that we're fair to the player, but we're also fair to ourselves, and that if the players develop um, within our structure and start playing first-team football, that their contract gets extended. That is just basic common sense. So I'm, I'm really frustrated about that. So obviously that means we then picked up Josh with a year to go. So... Um, we let the transfer window go through to the end of August, busy time. Then, then we started to look at the contract. So September, October is, is when the, the process began. Now, um, what I would say is um, I've, I've spent an hour and a half with Josh today and, and, and Jack Ross. Um, obviously, this stuff's come out at the, at the weekend. Um, and I suppose to tackle that head on, first of all, um, you know, a few people say we should keep it within house. Well, we've kept it all within house up until then. Nobody knows, um, you know, quite what it is. We're negotiating with Josh. Um, it's all moving along. Um, and then I got a phone call saying that Josh has turned his contract down. Jack knew nothing about that. I knew nothing about that. Um, and we also got told, you know, um, shortly there'll be a montage of Josh on Sky TV showing all his goals. Um, you're coming up to a really big weekend where it's important and you automatically think, God, you know, the... the Everyone's going to say Josh has turned his contract down, um, that the fans might turn on him because, you know, as fans, we think Sunderland's the place to play football and we want some loyalty and we've been loyal to him. 
um, and they haven't got the full picture. So my initial thought is, you know, I haven't answered all the Josh Madger questions before. Jack's managed that very well um, and, and batted it off whilst we're negotiating. We, we don't want to make it public. We, we want to keep it private. But what we won't have is we won't have it going out to, um, if you like, the press for us then to be put in a position where we have to answer um, without without giving some semblance of actually what's going on. So that's why it's become public this weekend and people can disagree or agree that we, we shouldn't have responded or we should. But, you know, the, the basic premise of what was being said is Josh Madger has, has turned his contract and his, his deadline's expired. Well, his deadline didn't expire Friday. I'm not quite sure who said that or why they've said that. That wasn't so that wasn't the case. The deadline, a lot of you made of this deadline. Yeah. Was there a deadline? Yes. Because, um, and, and I'll say it again to Josh today, um, the reality of the situation is we want to know and we need to plan. He's got his future to look after, but we've got to look after the football club. So if he doesn't want to commit to the football club, tell us um, so that we can plan. Um, and if you do... Let's get let's get the thing sorted. So we've tried relentlessly to, to get this contract situation done. And Josh, to be fair, has maintained all the way through that he wants to stay at Sunderland Football Club. But Richard went to meet the agent who turned up two and a half hours late. I then went to meet the agent. He didn't turn up at all after specifically going to where he wanted to go in the country. Um, he didn't turn up and, and talk to me. And I, and I said to Josh today, the most frustrating thing in all of this is that we have been treated by his agent with with no respect in our opinion. Now, his agent, you know, as we've been having dialogue over the weekend. I don't think I'm his most popular individual. It'd be fair to say he's not mine. Um, but one thing I'm not is I'm not a liar. Um, and he has told me um, that he didn't contact the media. Um, and I've got in black and white that he did from that media outlet. Now, um, you know... One of them has stoked up a story, and I said to Josh today, "Your, your, um, you, you know, the media team that picked up on that story must have more insight than he has when he goes for a Chris Maguire cross, because they've managed to pick on it the moment that actually Josh isn't going to sign. So someone's told him, and the football club hasn't told them. But you know, Josh is one player, and we don't want that dis, you know, derailing us at the most important time of the season. So we need a resolution." So I said I would come and see him today. Um, he's a, a lovely lad, very easy to talk to. He wants to sign for Sunderland, but he also values the advice of his agent. Um, so he wants to talk it through with his agent. Um, and I said, well, your agent initially, you know, if you're saying are oh, you being valued properly, I said initially your, your agent said you wanted an offer of X. I said, you got that offer. I said, if you say to me for argument's sake, you want to win 10, 25, um, 3,000 pound a week, whatever the figure is, um, and don't get me wrong, we bartered up that process through, through October and November to the stage where finally we go, okay, we'll meet it. Um, we're not going to offer you double what your agents asked for, are we? we, we we've offered it to you. Um, and I said, I can also understand, and you've got to understand this from Josh's perspective, his feet can set his life up forever and his family's. Um, and he has to take that into account um, because of the, the length of a career of a footballer and what he has the opportunity to do. And I said, I perfectly understand that. And if you think you can get moved to the Premier League and that's really what you want to do, I said, I don't think the club will stand in your way. What we'll do is we'll get a replacement, but you've got to tell us what's going on. And I said, your agent isn't communicating. 
until the point at which he wants to have a go at us saying that we've, you know, um, told Sky TV that he's moving. What, 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 or, or turn his contract down. Why would we do that? We don't need to sell Josh. We don't want to sell Josh. We want Josh to be part of our squad. He is saying the same. Um, so in this, it is unbelievably frustrating. But we have spent two months or three months trying to get a deal done with Josh. His agent's not turned up. He's turned up late. He hasn't responded. Um, and I said to Josh, why is that? Why is your agent not not done that? And when we I queried four points with them over the weekend that, that needed a three-line answer, he dealt with the one point that had nothing to do with whether Josh wanted to sign. Uh, and he said, very simply, um, it, it was all just too much um, to answer. And I said, what, writing one line saying Josh wants to sign or he doesn't or he will sign if you do this or he won't sign if you you don't do that. Um, that that's too much for you to convey to me. Um, and, um, you know, um, so, uh, so the agent's also now spoken to Jack who's told, I think, the agent that, you know, he, he doesn't think that the way he's conducted himself is correct. And I, and we've said to Josh that his agent uh, is a reflection of him in that sense, but he's a young lad. And, he, and, you know, we don't expect to be treated like that. We don't treat Josh like that. Um, and, you know, Josh takes all that on board and, and you know, uh, we'll try and get a resolution very quickly on this. Um you know, we're, we're about the stage now that, that, you know, we need to decide one way or the other. And whatever it is, Josh Madger will move on and, and, and we'll move on, whether whether that's with together or separately. And if you ask me to call which way it would go, Josh has said he wants to stay. He said that today. Um, uh, and we might, you know, I've suggested putting a provision in there um, in case somebody does come in. Obviously, what we're talking about is a release clause there. But I said, you're three months away from earning no money or, or, or five months or whatever it is. You might get injured. You might this, that, and the other. And if you want the best of both worlds, why don't you ask? Why doesn't your agent say, all right, this is the offer now, but I'd like a release clause for X. He hasn't asked us. Why has he not asked us? Because if we put a release clause in there, it means somebody's got to pay us X amount. And I might be wrong, but the more a football club pays us, the less they can pay the agent. Uh, and, I, and, you know, what does the agent get if Josh Madger stays with us? Not as much as if he moves. Um, now, the, the, the agent is saying the complete opposite of that. He's saying that he just wants the best deal for Josh, that he hasn't um, contacted Sky um, or anybody else about um, Josh um, and that we've released it. That's what he says. So I think, you know, if you like... Um, they're the facts and people can decide for themselves whether they think we've acted improperly or the player's agent. But that's all scenery. It doesn't really matter. What matters is not ruin our team spirit, not ruining what we're trying to build, creating a, a, a culture whereby everybody wants to be here um, for all the right reasons. And we treat people with the right level of respect. And Josh Madger has done that as well. But I don't think, you know, if I arrange a meeting for someone, it doesn't matter whether I'm arranging a meeting with uh, my cleaners, the ticket office ladies, somebody I want to buy a business with, or anyone. I flipping well turn up. Um, and if I don't, if I can't turn up, just like when I was going to be late today, I, I'll text there. you and I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> I am late, but, but but at least you knew I was yeah. going to be late. Um, so um, that that's where we are. And when there is a when there is an update 
um, specifically on Josh, we will do it. But the, the ball is in his court. He has said he wants to sign. He wants to talk to his family. And he's going to tell us, once he's talked to his family, what he wants to do. And we've given him a couple of days grace on that. So if Josh does leave, do we have replacements lined up? Have you got an idea of the, the sole player you want to go for? Yes. Good. Good to see you're prepared. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, we're, we're, we're prepared for January. Yeah. And has anybody came in for Josh yet? Have you had anybody on the phone? No. So when we see, you know, Premier League sides are interested in him. I've had, I've had teams on the phone to me saying that he's been mentioned to them by his agent. Yep. Um, but um, look, look, my, my my view on where Josh is as footballer, and, and I and I am just the same as everybody. I'm just a fan. But I would say Josh has scored a lot of goals in League One. He's got a fantastic touch. He's developing well. Um, but do, do I do I think his game is yet ready to to play where his agents telling me he, he or where these clubs are in the in the football pyramid? I think he needs a bit more development. Um, but that's not that. That's my personal opinion. Um, but the football clubs that are coming on to me are, are saying the same thing. They're saying that they like him, but let's see him in the let's see him in the championship, or you know, there's there's areas of his game to work on as always. And Jack's Jack's doing that with him. Um, there's no doubt the boy is a talent, um, and I'm sure at some point he may well play Premier League football or top end Championship football. Um, but he's got a big decision to make. He's got to get the balance right. And what I said to him was, you can have the best of both worlds. You can have the security of being at Sunderland um, for three years uh, and earning good money, very good money, that keeps you safe. Um, and if you really want an option to, to manoeuvre somewhere else, depending on the detail, or a right to match if, if someone comes in, then ask for it. But you haven't, yeah, yeah, they haven't asked for it. Where are we with our negotiations with Elliot Embleton? Um, he's just went to yeah, oh, yeah. He's gone back, back to, to Grimsby. To, to Grimsby. Um, so you got Elliot, Denver, Max, um, all um, uh, with offers. I think they've all received their offers, or they're about to contract offers. Uh, contract offers. That include Molyneux as well. Uh, Molyneux um, gone out as well. So he, uh, his agent's been talked to. So you've got um, Luke. Uh, yeah, there's four in the month there. Yeah, Dem- and then there's Dem- also. Yeah. Reese James, Adam Matthews, and Robin Reuter, I think. That are out. Uh, They're out. Is Reese out? Did he do a one year deal? I think he, he did, did a one, but he might have had next. He possibly has an extension for another year, maybe. I think it's a two year deal. I think. I might be wrong. Um, I've got on my sheet him being down as two years. Um, and then all, all, the others have, all the others have been spoken to. So the, we they all know where they are. The ball is in their court. Um, one, one or two. Um, players, um, I, I think, will move on um, and, and not not be renewed. Um, and the others will have to decide if they want to renew the offers we we put to them. Because obviously, Embleton's the main one that I look at. I'm like, you know, England youth international, um, yeah. bright future, done really well at Grimsby. So, sort of. Well, he's got to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> Desperate for him to say. Um, Andy Nelson has been linked with a move away to Barnsley. Uh, he's out on loan at Darlton at the minute. What's the situation with him? Uh, well, uh, that's the first I know of any interest from Barnsley in him. Uh, I will check that. Um, but um, at the moment, he's out getting game time and we're monitoring how he's doing. Is the club under any obligation to sell before buying during this window to ensure we remain within the financial constraints that you agreed 
Nope. The EFL. Nope. I expect us to buy, not sell. And do you envisage any of the high earners leaving? You know, a, an Oviedo, a McGeady, a Catamore, is it? No, I don't think so. And has anyone expressed a desire to leave? Nope. No. Getting through these ones quite quick yeah. today. Um, Jack Ross said he expected a player to sign in the early part of the window. Yep. Uh, where are we with that? Uh, we've seen two players today, both of whom we would hope would sign relatively quickly. And without names, what positions? Uh, opposite ends of the pitch. Centre-back and a striker. Centre-back and a striker. So is that irrespective of what happens with Josh, yes. you're bringing in a striker? Yes, I would think so. And I suppose you've sort of answered this, but I'll, I'll put it I'll put it to you anyway. Uh, we are hovering on the verge of the top two, but do we have the ability to make one or two big signings? When I say big signings, I mean... Yes. Charlie White level million yes. pound sort of silence. Yes, we didn't pay a million pounds for Charlie. How much was Charlie? That's what they wanted. <laughs> we haggle hard, you know. That that's why it took so long. Saved a lot of money doing that. Um, uh, a lot less than a million. A lot less than a million. Still too much. We always pay too much. We could get him for a pound. It'd be too much. <laughs> um, but no, we we can. Um, we we can do whatever Jack wants to do. You know, within reason. We have to keep. We have to remember we're League One. We have to remember, um, you know, the, the current wage structure. We, we don't want people coming in, unsettling the boat, earning, you know, twice or three times as much as, as all the new players that we signed. So they've got to fit into that. I'm sure there will be a, a view then that, you know, there's an uplift if we get in the Championship because that's what I'm sure the players signing will be, hoping that we can do that and, and everything else. But will we back Jack Ross? Yes. For every reason, it makes complete sense. Um, you know, we 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 need to reward the fans. It, it's it's adds capital value to the football club. It's moving in the right direction, and promotion is what we're all here for, um, because we want to be successful. Um, it's it'll be easier to attract players. We we have got ourselves in a position whereby it would be criminal of us not to strengthen our squad to try and make sure that we have the best squad for the back end of the season. And we are committed to doing that. But And Jack knows that. But that is down, because uh, I'm going to swerve it here, that is down to Jack and his management team and Tony Coton and Richard to pick the players. We have had a very good, as I said, financial six months and we have money in the pot. And we haven't got it because there's a bit of cash flow, but it, you know, it's only cash flow, so we'll put it in. And Jack can, you know, if he wants to, can get... Um, what we perceive are are the, are the right signings, um, but we were on this months ago. Did Ian Dong and Papi Dilabodji yep. moved? Did we yes. get? Do we get a fee? Uh, I ca I can't discuss the legal agreements with them because that was part of them agreeing to the uh, agreements. But um, uh, so is that you can't discuss whether or not you get money from the club? I can't. I, ca I can't. Yeah. All all I can say is that we've reached we reached an agreement with Papi and Didier as part of that agreement and, and and you know read into it what you will I'm open I will tell the fans whatever I'm allowed to tell them because it's their football club but I can't reveal the detail but it can't be a coincidence that both ended up at the same club well I don't know yeah <laughs> I, I don't know it's good news um, you know we, we are you know we, we are in quite a good financial position and, and certain things have helped um if you get my drift. Some exchange betting companies run short-lived promotions, like months-long offers of low commission. 
At BetDAC, we wanted to change the way we did things, so we set our commission at 2% permanently. That's 2% on football, horse racing, golf, almost any sport. 2%. That's just one way that BetDAC is changing for the better. For the better, like you. BetDAC, the 2% commission exchange. And finally, we've talked quite a bit about agents, um, but do you, do you think that the EFL and the FA and, and people like yourself should come together and come up with a better way of you know, managing players? You know, is, is agents really the way that we need to be going at the minute? Because um, the trouble that you've had, you know, and we can talk, we'll talk about Endong and Dilabodji, that was as much agents as anything else, you know. Surely clubs can't, you know. Well, if you listen to Didier in his latest, he didn't want to come. So why does he come? Well, yeah, because the agents... Because someone probably told him to come. Yeah. Um, it's frustrating because it's the easiest thing in the world, I would have thought, to make much more transparent and straightforward. Now, I don't know the exact stats on this, but I think the FIFA recommendation for an agent's fee is something like 3%. And I think some figures were released saying that the agent's fees worldwide last year, or whenever it was, were £480 million. Pounds. Some of the transactions that we hear about, if people knew how much was being charged, um, and again, going back to Josh, just quickly, I said, make sure you earn the money your fee deserve, not your agent. Um, and I think, um, for me... I don't really understand how football has got itself in this position because that £480 million isn't staying in the game, is it? You know, it's not like the good old days when Liverpool would buy a player from Oxford United that I remember for a million pounds. I'm pretty sure Oxford United got a million pounds for that. And I'm pretty sure when Sunderland sold a player 20 years ago, they got they got what um, <laughs> was quoted. Um, there's too many people... Um, taking money it is not it is not a great place but all i can do is um try and make sure sunderland um doesn't in that sense have its pants pulled down um but again they're a necessary evil so you, you have to balance that and there are some agents to be fair you know when max power signed i mean i was there i i, I, I wanted to meet max and i happened to be up and i met his agent great guy sensible deal perfectly reasonable um, you know, it was the same with Chris Maguire. You know, um, th th these guys were were, were were down the line. You got to catch the ones that just are in it for themselves, not for their players, because they exploit players who don't really have the experience or the knowledge, um, or, or or the brains. And I would have thought it's incumbent on the footballing bodies to turn around and say, "We'll we'll, we'll select a panel of lawyers or where where the fees are set, and they'll represent you." Um, and I don't understand why that can't be done and some rules can be made. But I, mean, I work in insurance industry and the leasing industry, both regulated by the F FCA. You, 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 ca you can't do anything without signing anything. We, we have to tell our clients after four years, if they've been with us four years, you've got to go and search somewhere else. You don't get Tesco saying to Sainz, you know, you've, you've been coming here four years, go and try Sainsbury's. Yeah. So I'm sure if you can get that level of regulation in one industry, surely we can um, do a better job than looks to being done. I mean, if you talk to everyone, everyone knows it goes on. Every everyone, um, you know, if you, if you talk to any manager or that or chairman, they're like, oh, oh, you know. And we all moan about it quietly behind the scenes, but um, there just seems to be an acceptance that that's the way it is. But as you, as a football club owner, surely 
like you would think about trying to start this movement because I mean I know you're in League One, which means that realistically, you know, you, the national pressing isn't probably going to pick up on you talking about agents. But does Sunderland get higher? If we were in the Premier League, surely you're not going to go right. I'm not paying two million pounds for an agent to sign a player. Why is it the clubs are just so happy to just be like, right, that's the way it is? Like, why are we not trying well, to change it? That might make me not suited to owning Sunderland in the Premier League because I'm not, I'm not having the football club pay. Um, well, the agents' fees were paid last year. It was like four million quid, wasn't it? We had the second highest in the league. How? We barely signed a player, but yeah, but in selling players, I mean, we we had to do a little bit of this in the in in the summer, and um, we we had one club want a player. Um, and um, if they didn't deal with that that agent, they weren't going to sign the player. So we had we had to pay the agent, we had to pay the agent the fee they requested, or the cl- club were going to pull out. So we had no choice when we were selling a player but to pay an agent's fee for an outgoing player, and that <laughs> is not uncommon. Um, you know, so um, should I should I start the movement uh, for the good of football? Um, it's not the good I'll, of football; it's the good I'll, of yourself, really. Well, I'm pretty busy, Connor, <laughs> um, and I and I think it's quite a big battle. I mean, to me, it's down to the governing bodies, um, you know, to have their ear to the ground, know what's going on, and then just logically say. I mean, everyone will see how much has been paid on agents' fees by, you know, the FIFA's report of of whatever it is, four hundred or million. You can work out how much that relates to in transfer fees. It's a hell of a lot more than three percent. Um, hell of a lot more. Um, you know, and you, and you hear about. You know some transfers where the the agents' fees are half of the transfer fee, uh, so you, you're talking fifty percent. Well, you have to fill a form in when you sign a player, saying whether there's an agent and what the fee is. And then I believe that the paying club pays um, the league, and they and they and they pay the agent, or you know, in that sense, how, how it works. So everyone knows. Um, so that that's you know, I, I don't think I can change that. Um, I think if there's a groundswell, you know, if, if I sit with a load of chairman at uh, the end of season and an agent comes up and there's like, you know, 10, 12 of us that will sit down and go, right, we've had enough. Uh, I'll join them. Absolutely. Because um, that's what I thought would happen. You go to these dinners or whatever, you meet other owners, you go to the director's box with the team. And you must talk about these kind of things. Well, we just moan about it. Yeah. <laughs> but we're stupid, aren't we? Because we still pay it. Yeah. Although I, I always don't. find the agent talk very interesting. I find it like a fascinating industry that people just accept that these people who don't play football are taking a massive chunk of finance from the game. I just don't. I don't understand it. I'm in. I'm in it for the for the fans and for the enjoyment of the Saturday afternoon, not for dealing with agents. Yeah. yeah. Right. Netflix. So we've done all the the transfer stuff. I think unless you've got anything else to add. No, um, I'd just say I expect it to be a busy January. And, and and I've picked up on everyone saying, you know, are we going to strengthen last January? We didn't do it. We will do what Jack asks us to do. And Jack wants to strengthen his team in certain areas. And 100% we're, um, we're a bit like the summer. But me saying to Jack, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Don't worry, Stuart. I know what I'm doing. We'll, okay. Um, but we, we will back Jack in this window because we really want to get promotion as much as everybody else and um, having got ourselves in this position, we know we might have to spend some money. Okay, Netflix. So you watched it all, I presume the first. I have, yeah. Did About you enjoy times. it? Yes. Yeah. What was your favourite bit? Your oh. bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that is not my favourite bit. You look, you look younger then. Hey, 
different bloke. Oh, I don't know. It's a bit, it's a bit surreal looking <laughs> at yourself. You just think, what a dipstick. Um, I should have said this or I should have done that. I know I, I, I don't like that. I like, um, uh, is it Peter? The taxi driver. Fantastic. They're my favourite bits are with him in it. It's the Daily Mail bit. The, uh, the, the bit with the Tories. That, that had me going. Oh, did it? Well... <laughs> Um, oh, I think all of it with him. I, I think I've um, seen him a couple of times. I only met him on the Boxing Day really properly. I, I walked past him once when he was doing some filming for a game. I went, oh, you're famous, because I'd seen the, the clip. And I think um, the, pe- the the fans in it is my favourite bit, just, just the fan clips. It, it was interesting for me to to look at Martin and Chris and, and Simon, you know, all, all after the event. Um, and then I listened to Simon talk about that on the on the the TV the other day and it's it, you know it's interesting to hear that you know 45 million in 1 million out etc um, so it gave me a bit more um, knowledge of of what had actually gone on because I obviously saw the end um, product of what had happened through the season then I had to deal with it but it was interesting to, to to get the take on how it got there and how involved Martin seemed to be and how involved you know Chris was or, 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 or Ellis or not as the case may be that 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 was interesting, but the best bit is, um, yeah, he, he's my favourite. I think he's fantastic. What are your expectations for season two? And I know they're filming here right now, but you can't be nasty. You said you were allowed. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I've tried to be as, as, as accommodating as I can be with it because I, I, I firmly believe that there are four or five football clubs in this country that, that, are, that are global. And Sunderland, I think, unless it becomes really successful in the Premier League doesn't have that chance of becoming global, even though it's a massive club. But Netflix might open the door to a wider market. Um, And I think, uh, and I genuinely think, there are some really nice, humble, um, passionate um, employees um, and people within the club who are genuinely um, the right sort of people that you'd want in your football club, coupled with the passion of the fans. And I think... If we can show ourselves off in the best light, that will be amazing for the football club. So I think that's why we're doing it. Um, and what do I think it will show? Um, uh, it will, it, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, 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 will, it will show it as it is. Um, and all I can say is it's a fantastic place to be and a complete and utter honour to, 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 to be involved in the club and... I think that will that will come across. Are you worried about you know any backlash of content? And the reason why I ask this is, if Chris Coleman had stayed manager here and we'd had Aidan McGeady, and you see that scene where McGeady yeah. you know lays into the tactics, yeah, are you worried that something like that might happen? A player might say something about Jack Ross and the way the the team was maybe picked. Are you nope. worried? Not at all. No, they might they might be saying stuff about me, etc. I mean, uh, or, or, or whoever, or Jack, or. No, I mean it comes out after the event, so you know you deal with it after the event, and, and you and you just answer it honestly. But perhaps, you know, Aiden doesn't like Jack. Perhaps George Honeyman doesn't like Aiden. Perhaps you know Lyndon Gooch thinks I'm an idiot. I, I mean, I don't. I, it might come out if it does. It does. But it's it. I, I don't think any of those things are true, <laughs> by the way. Well, I hope they're not. Um, but um, you know, it, it's it's just there to be seen. Uh, and, and I think if you do something like that, you have to accept that um, you, you get the good with the bad. Um, and if people don't like certain things that come out on the show and they want an answer as to why or where or whatever, well, I'll ask and explain it. Um, and we'll have to accept that, you know, there, there'll be some highs in it and some lows. 
has it had any impact in regards to website hits, merchandise sales? I know we've changed the name of the strips from last season and Netflix, home yeah. and Netflix away. I quite enjoyed we did, that. We did have a few left over, but yeah. they're selling quite well now, actually, in America. But is, has it had an impact? Yes, it has, yeah. A yeah. big impact? Yeah, big impact. Yeah. Lots, lots, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> internationally, the, the number of more followers we've got is quite a lot in, in America. I think there's already 200, well, I don't know. It'd be more than that now, but there were 250 people signed up to the supporters club, I think, in America, and um, and we've got to capitalise on that. Yeah, we, we we've got to, um, you know, um, make ourselves as globally attractive as possible, and I and I think Netflix will will happen that now the show's there, and the response has been um, good, great. Yeah. Um, to be fair, and, and we've got more followers, more Twitter followers, more more international followers, more people joining supporters clubs. We have got to maximise that. Um, and we've got a different identity, I think, to lots of other football clubs. And we do bang on about this. We are a passionate, blue-collar football club. You know, not stereotypically, but that, but but we are a, a working man's team and, and we want the club to be the fans' club. And, I th- and, and if we get that and we get that message, I think that makes us different to lots of football clubs. Um, and I and I want to follow a football club that um, is one is 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 connected and is all pulling together. Yeah, we'll have ups and downs, and um, you, you'll get you'll get people with half glass empty, won't you? And, and a few moaners. That's you know in in the size of football club of Sunderland, there's going to be a few of those. But um, if we can show ourselves to be what a football club was thirty years ago. Um, yeah, all together, etc. And, and and the modern day things, well, lots of the benefits of the modern day game, but there are some bad ones. And I think one of those is that some of the the bigger clubs feel a bit more corporate than than fan based. And if we're different to that, we might just have a USP. Are you aware of the viewing figures for the documentary? No, no, no. Be interesting to see. Yes, I know. I have asked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, I've got some questions now. These are more logistical questions. Start off with the the galleries yes. store that's closed. Yep. Um, I don't know if you want to just explain the reasons why. Um, and... Well, the, the reasons are purely financial. Same as same as the Debenham store. Um, you know, we were split over three sites. Um, I think the way we did our figures um, wasn't correct, really. If I'm honest, to to making um, it look whether or not these these shops are self sufficient. Because what you look at is when you when you shut the shops you're going to lose some trade but you're not going to lose it all and how much more expensive is it for you to sell a shirt in these in these arenas well you know Debenhams took a percentage of the the turnover but of course it's a percentage of the turnover not the profit so actually it was quite a huge amount of the profit so you know um, we, we were always if, if we hit target in Debenhams the rent for the, the the floor space was going to be a hundred thousand, and I think the football club mentality on that was great. We've done a million turnover, and I'm like, well, if we're going to spend a hundred thousand pounds a year, why don't we have our own shop? Because I had a look at the mother care there that I think that was empty or whatever it was. We we could have had that for half of that, and we'd have had a shop ten times bigger. So the numbers didn't make sense in Debenhams from that perspective, um, and we weren't selling enough. And the gallery is exactly the same. So the idea is that we'll drag it back in, get our online presence right get the sale volumes so that we fully understand them and, and the merchandise range will probably be slightly different. And then my view would be, if we want to go out to these areas, let's buy the shops. Let's let's at least have an asset. Let's not 
um, do a deal whereby we're going to lose money every year and, and rent it, and the only one that benefits are the landlords. Let's have a plan. Someone mentioned to me about having a, a bus. I mentioned that driving down to Charlton. Great idea. We'll have a bus. We can take around the areas. We could then position it on match days um, in different areas of the stadium, see where the merchandise sells best. We could then take it to away games. Um, so when we've got 8,000 at Blackpool, we've got a, our, our own shop there. That's a good idea. But but we should have um, a proper store. So I, I went to the galleries um, because I, I'd looked at the sales. I, I've been there five times, just walking past, waiting there for half an hour with Neil, um, one of the directors. I've, n- I've not seen one person in it. And the sales <laughs> show that there's not one person in it. But we got such a large fixed cost. So what we said was, look, let's keep the staff... Um, They'll, we'll have quite a lot of retail staff then for, for one operation. One of the things that um, you might have on your list is, is the ticket office, which the girls work extremely hard in there. But one of the things about a football club is it's cyclical with, with, with how busy it is for a match day. So, let's, so we're training our retail staff to go on the ticketing and our commercial staff so that when we have a busy time, rather than have however many we've got, everyone can just down tools, jump on, and then go back to their normal job when the peak's gone. Um, so the idea is on retail that we bring it to the club, we do better online, and then when we go out to the community, I think the bus is one is a good idea, but a proper unit should be just that. The store in the galleries and in Debenhams, they're quite small, it's just Sunderland specific, it's whatever. Why why don't we just go a little bit bigger? Um, Why don't we have a proper store, a much bigger one, in the right area that we own? So that's what we will look at, but that is is probably in earnest um, something for the summer. Um, because I get that we want to be out in the in the areas that are one or the other. It is convenient, and for those people that it's convenient for, I'm sorry that we've we've ruined that aspect of their ability to get something. But we were paying an awful lot just for that, and and the sales just don't warrant it. I mean, you know, you, 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 but by shutting those two stores, I think that that realistically, if you accept a bit of a drop in the sales, I still think it's a quarter of a million pounds we saved. And what's happening with the current store? Because you've mentioned that the retail is going to be dealing with tickets. So does that mean you're going to link them together? Is the, the ticket office going to be the club store? Um, what what we've had designs for in Architects is that what we were going to do is um, the bottom of Black Cat House, we were going to gut and open. So that's the ticket office just for anyone who doesn't know the ticket office. Yeah, yeah, so the ticket office. Um, we were going to gut that, put it into a shell and put a super duper new um, club shop there because we think that's a much more sensible location. And we know that there are issues with the ticketing. It's quite an old system. So at the same time, we've agreed to get a new ticketing system. Is that the um, online thing? Uh, well, it's it's just a complete new yeah, ticketing system. Yeah, because we've had system. quite a lot of people whinge yeah. and that, well, know, well, it's, I mean, it's uh, difficult to use. It's yeah, not... yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 this is a modern ticketing system. It's, it's one of those off the shelf, you know, all the big clubs use one or two providers so we've gone for one of those and then update update our card entry system the fortress system we have to work all the turnstiles that needs updating at a cost of about 100 150,000 so we've taken the view that we'll do that um we'll get a new texting system as well and i the ideal scenario is to move the club shop from where it is to um to that building so that when people come to the game it's much easier to to access that because I think the club shop really it's I understand the what's side. there but it's on the wrong side of the ground the same with Queen's Bar uh, yeah that's yeah. on the I don't know if that's something you yeah. even you probably can't move that but it would be 
people would be more likely to go to that bar if it was on the other side. Um, well, maybe not move it, but we could put another bar in the other side, couldn't we? So these are all yeah. things that we're looking at. I mean, honestly, Connor, we are up all, all <laughs> night. I mean, you asked me, you know, when do I get downtime? All the time I'm thinking about what we can do to improve the revenue and, and get a better experience. And there's so much we haven't done yet um, that's frustrating, but, um, you know, I've come up today to, to do some jobs. I haven't done any of them yet because I've got waylaid on other things. But this is a job. Yeah. <laughs> well, but this is the first the first one that I've got planned that I'm actually doing. Um, so we've kind of talked about your to-do list, but, you know, what is currently top of your to-do list? And not just today, but what, what is the thing that's most pressing at the moment? Oh, there, there, there's more than one. Um, and we're working on a number at the time. So, so obviously the bus that I've touched on, the retail um, operation, we got a, a good good girl that runs that for us um, that, that, that's been at the club for years and lives and breathes it. And I think, you know, um, uh, her along with a couple of others sort of doing it, we, we can get a, a, a better result on that. Um, so the, re- the retail is a big area um, and the global marketing um is is another big thing that that charlie is is on so that's what he's doing um but most of it at the moment will focus on on the on the playing side in january so um the the re the retail is the biggest single thing that the fans i think will notice speakers we've had a lot of people yeah. say i think it's the south stand that struggles most with um, it because yeah, the we, score will block it so we've gone around and tested it all because obviously we, we, you know we're not, we, we've heard the complaints of course so we've gone around and tested it all and and we know which ones are where we we made a temporary improvement for the boxing day game to see if some of those temporary improvements would uh, cost a couple of thousand pounds to see if if what difference that would make um so i haven't had the report back on that yet but um I think to get the speaker system fixed is about a hundred, hundred and twenty thousand, something like that. So, again, we're going to have to do that. Now, has that been updated since the ground opened? I don't. I don't know if it's been updated based on the pricing and the work that's got to be done. Oh, probably not. No. <laughs> yeah. So I think the the issue is some of the speakers work and some of them, yeah, you know, just well, need replacing. I'm in the west yeah. end. It's fine. Yeah. Like I don't don't really have a problem. Okay. Um, but I know. It's, People in the yeah, I, I mean it's not um, it, it's not acceptable. So it, it yeah, because I would have thought done. for safety as well. Yeah, well, that, that's, know, if there's that's, a fire drill or whatever. The yeah, yeah. So, so um, uh, we we can't look like we're doing nothing um, for, for that reason alone. But having said that, the experience is is as important, and um, you know you can't you can't we, we can't have that much longer. So we are we are on it. Okay, and we're going to talk a little bit about Newcastle here. Not the game tomorrow night, but right. they have set up a partnership with London Northeastern Rail. Right, you've seen that. So it's twenty five percent off nope. if okay. you're going from, I presume it's Newcastle Central Station to any away game that Newcastle are, okay. are playing. Is there any chance that you would look into that kind of yes. you know, deal? Yeah, I didn't know about that. I'll ask them for thirty, um, <laughs> and see what we can do as we're a slightly bigger club. Aston, yeah. Um, so um, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't. I think there's lots of things like that that that, that um, we can look into. Um, we haven't looked into it. I hadn't. Well, I don't know if we've looked into it, but I hadn't picked up on that. Um, but I think there's a lot more, um, if you like, we we can be doing with the fans. We've obviously got a, a relationship now, um, and, and the fans have got lots of ideas through the, the Red and White Army, etc. And, and obviously, we've we've done a couple of those. But the thing with it is, when you get into it, there's so many that actually we need a really good structure to get um, a lot of these jobs knocked off because. It's the overall experience for everybody, um, and we're committed to improve 
all the all the areas so that people can have the match day experience that they want. Um, and we're not we're not as far ahead on that as what we should be. We've made some improvements, but there's there's hell of a lot more to do. The top tier obviously open against Bradford, but is yes. it likely that we'll open that again this season? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Do you think yeah. towards the end of the season, if we're in the playoffs, that sort of thing? Well, I hope so. Well, I hope we're not in the yeah, playoffs. Well, <laughs> yeah, um, I hope we're pushing a bit more than that. Um, yeah, I, I, I would think so. The way the fans have responded so far. I mean, Luton would have been close. Our, our sales are a little bit slower on Luton than um, I thought. If they were a bit further ahead, we could we could have been talking. It would have been open this week. How um, many you sold for Luton? Well, Luton um, have got 4,000. Um, so they're, they're yeah I mean they, they had 2-8 and there was an argument about but you know their, their fans the worry was that their fans would 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 travel anyway so I think it was far better that they have the, the 4,000 so they got 4,000 so they're going to come and make a hell of a noise um, and and you know I, I, I was hoping that we might get sort of 35 36,000 but we're um, we're not quite on that but it might be there's been a lot going on and all, all of a sudden it, it sort of picks up but um, uh, if it had been a little bit quicker, we would have had to have opened it because the, the demand would have been there. Um, so if the demand looks like it's there, then then we'll open it. And I think I think there will be because I think Luton probably was touch and go. Portsmouth probably, as you look at that game, would be a definite. Um, and there might be one or two um, between between now and then. So if the demand's there, we'll open it. How much is, logistically? How difficult is it to actually open it? Because obviously you'll have to staff up there and put stewards. Yeah. Is it? Is it a, a not a pain? But is it? You know, a decision that you've got to weigh up the cost with the. Because um, you must have to think right. We need to sell X amount to make the top tier profitable. Um, yes, although um, it, it's not that expensive. Um, it's not as expensive as I thought it was. Um, Which is probably well, why they've just left it open. It's not as expensive for Boxing Day as what we initially thought it was going to be because when we actually went into the detail of the costs and we, we tried to make sure it was efficient actually um, it hasn't cost that much at all and I don't think um, it, it costs as much as what initially we thought it did so that might enable us to open it up a, a bit more often um, and you just need really to advise the police and the safety people, you know, a, few, a, a couple of weeks in advance. And that's where it's difficult to gauge for the ticket sales because on Boxing Day, it was looking nip and tuck. And then all of a sudden the sales went boom, mm -hmm. as they might do for Luton. We just about had enough time to make the decision. Um, but if it had gone boom Tuesday, two days later, uh, a bit more difficult with the policing because it's Boxing Day, then that it would have been no chance we had to make a, a judgment call on that and it was the right one. Is it time that we kick towards the new Roker end in the second half? Off, yeah, if you're asking me, I, I, personally, I would swap ends and I would swap dugouts um, because I think our management team want to be by the linesman to get in his ear. That's just a, yeah. you know, uh, it, it, I think most home teams sense. Are, are like that. So 100% I would do that. Is that something you can do mid-season? I don't know. I was going to say, I don't know if the EFL um, needs it that you are a certain way. Um... No, I don't think so. I don't think so. If if it was if it was me, I would change it. Um, and I've thought that, but to be fair, I've only raised that in my own head. I haven't said to Jack or anybody else, yeah. "What do you think about I think this?" It's probably something you have to do. I don't think you could do it mid-season because the people behind the other stand would be like, "Well, I'm also very superstitious." Um, and at the moment, Touchwood, I have not seen 
Sunderland lose at the Stadium of Light. In a league game, we hit the cup. We lost a cup game. I've not seen them lose. Uh-huh. Not seen them lose. Only seen them win, and um, occasionally a frustrating draw. Um, but I have done lots of things on a match day. Look, 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 I, I'm the world's worst for leaving my tie in the car, and then then I come in to give me tie one week. They gave me a black tie. Not a chance. So I was wear the red and white tie, so I had to have it. I have to leave the boardroom by the certain exit, and okay, and twice I've walked out the wrong door and walked back in and gone round. I have to have Kevin Ball sat next to me and Angela sat next to her and a few times, first few games, they were sat all over the place and I had to drag them around, but they get it now and they're, <laughs> they're, they, they're, they, they sit understand. there. And, and there are just certain things that I do. So um, I'm quite superstitious that um, until that changes, that, that's why I've not mentioned it. Because, I'd, I'd, you know, sort of law, if I say it, yeah. it'll, it'll be wrong. I change the music. Um, oh, but I got a lot of flat for that. But that was actually someone in my office that does. But I, I took it. I took you it for took the it team. On the chin, I, yeah, didn't it you? was. It was me. That was a big one for the chin. That yeah. One. Oh no, I got <laughs> that all wrong, didn't I? Charlie one nil there, um, uh, and I changed it, and we drew, didn't we? And the team didn't seem quite as up for it as yeah. they do with Charlie techno DJ yeah, music. Charlie's pro- so house music. that was my fault. Uh, and I'm very much like that. And um, yeah, you take the blame for that one. You I should have done the post-match press conference. Yeah, I couldn't. Um, I've 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 lost that one. There's no recovery <laughs> from that. Um, have you thought about moving the away fans? No, I, I have. I haven't thought about it. Um, well, I, I say I, I've thought about it, but um, I think the plan was set in place for the season. So I just thought to myself Leave mentally, it. that's one for the summer, and. I like us having the lower bowl. If I'm honest, if it's if we can get it full, um, then I then I think that's better. Um, I've just noticed a Netflix man came behind my head, which means you'll see my bald spot. You have to put a logo there. Didn't know there was one the way I looked. <laughs> um, will there be any more beanbacks this season? We did it for Akron. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I, um, I thought we were doing it for Portsmouth, but obviously we, we didn't. And I, I haven't. I think we sell out the away game. I think we sold it out like late. Right. Um, I, think I spoke to Tony about it. Yeah, but um, I, yeah, I, I would do it. I think our fans. I think we could. As with all those things, we tried it. There's lots more we can do to improve that experience um, and make it a bit of an event. And I think I think we should be doing that. Yeah, and I think the closer it gets to the end, I mean, it's not quite quite nice to have, isn't it? All the all the fans together on a match day, um, jumping up and down, hopefully, and enjoying the result if that's how it can be. Um, and I, and I would say, why would we not do them? Okay, we're in the final six now. Okay. And they're all logistical questions, nothing too much story <laughs> about. Um, have you thought about the fans on adopting, it's like a, do you know the Hadrian teepee that's in Sunderland? No. They've got like outdoor teepees that you, they've got yes, bars okay. in them. Have you ever thought about having that as the fan zone so that you can open it all year round? So instead of it being, you know, completely outdoor, you have more of a, you know, somewhere nice to go, which is. Well, what, what, my suggestion was is that we should have it in the beacon. Yeah, I don't. The, I don't. did say that as well. Yeah, because we had that on box. So, so that yeah, and, and to me, it should be there every week. Um, you know, the bit the beacon is 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 Sunderland. It's it's you know, it, it's Bob Murray. It's it's the community. It's um, you know, everything we want to do with the youngsters. Lots of good projects in the area. Um, it's the perfect facility to do it. It's warm. It can accommodate us. Um, and I, I think they'd be glad to. To, to really feel as much a part as the club as they can and what better way to have them have or host our fans on a match day. So my preference is is uh, the beacon. And I think with a bit of sensible dialogue, that, that should be possible every every home game. 
It was also said that there was two acts coming to the stadium like this summer in regards to a concert. Not by me. Yeah, just one. <laughs> Um, there's one. There is there is talk of another one, but I think it's it's it's, it's too taken legit. too long now. Yeah. Um. So I don't think the second one will be happening. Just yeah. the Spice Girls. Charlie Just. said you've got loads of tickets. For Just that. the Spice Girls. Uh, if you want one, Connor, I can find you one. <laughs> you sort of taking up loads of the Spice Girls. It's actually my friend who wants to go. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not interested in the Spice Girls. Of course Girls. you're not. <laughs> I take the wife. She likes Spice Girls. Um. Preseason plans. Anything lined up? Uh, yeah, I've got um, I've got it on my laptop here. I've just been given the details today, um, so I'm just off the press. I'm just haggling the price just okay. before I say yes. Is it abroad or is it, it is abroad? Okay, somewhere warm. Yes. Okay. Good. Um, is there any scope for a membership scheme that benefits fans who can't attend every game but want to build up loyalty points like a season ticket holder? So I think my brother works away. Yeah, and he's only back for like three months of the year. So he picks certain games, but if he had a membership scheme, it means he could go to away games because he'd be able to say, you know, every year when he's back, he wants to go to every game, but he can't go to, you know, the August to October and the March to May. Is it possible that a fan could get a a membership number, like a season card number, where they could still apply for away games and go to certain home games? Or is that something that's just too complicated because we've got too many away fans? Well, anything's possible. Um... But at the moment, we've sold out every away game, haven't we? Yeah. So they, they, they wouldn't. It wouldn't. It'd be unlikely that they would. They would. They would get um, any benefit as we currently sit. Anything's doable. Um, I think I just need to sit down in a quiet room for ten minutes with Chris Waters and, and, and work <laughs> out. You know, with with somebody you know who understands what you're after, to see um, how we could facilitate that. Um, I expect we could facilitate it, but. Whether or not, um, well, I said whether or not currently it would be of benefit, probably not, hopefully, if we can keep the away followings up. And then in the future, we just want to keep being successful. So hopefully it would stay that way. Um, It's difficult um, uh, because, you know, those people, I suppose, that make the games, rightly or wrongly, are logically the most deserving to... To, yeah. to get the tickets and and that's the current stage we sit in but i don't think there wouldn't that there should be a, a an ability of us to recognize um you know what you're saying with a with a structure i just can't think off the top of my head exactly how we do it but yes it would be possible I and mean, i suppose membership schemes as well barcelona is famous for it like they have you know you pay to be a member is that something yes. you would think because we've got so many fans dotted yeah. around the world I, I think so um and, th- and that would be interesting i mean I, I, i've just had arrive this week from my office in oxford i've bought two wall size maps all done up all labeled up sunderland so i can put in there you know all the pins so i've got all the supporters clubs around the world so i've got one of america mm-hmm. one of this country uh and um you know i want to see all the supporters clubs on there and I want to then have a, a meeting with Chris Waters, whoever's doing it, saying, "Why can't we have a sports club there? What are we doing about one?" And 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 build that brand. I'm absolutely all about that. And of course, if those people then want a membership scheme whereby the club get a contribution, um, whether it's by watching the games or or by buying a shirt or whatever it is, that's all going to help us. Um, so I think. Um, there's, that's what Charlie's talking about with this strategy. So I think um, a membership scheme is is something that will happen. But when we do it, we just got to get it right. And finally, uh, the 
allocated tickets, well, the donated tickets, sorry, yes, uh, to the foundation. Yes. Was there any feedback from how that went? Did everyone? Uh, well, the, the how fee- did you distribute? I know it was a foundation yeah. distributed them, but did they you get did. feedback? Yeah, which was all very positive. But I think you know, I saw a few people that 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 you know, and they they messaged me saying that you know a few people had put them up for sale, and that was gutting to be fair. Yeah, because. Um, you know, I, I can take a view on that. Um, you know, I've I'm, I'm got a larger bank balance than some people that will have, will have given in and I can be a bit more philosophical about it. Um, but I think some people really did give, by the sound of it, their spare money at Christmas for, for, for these people to attend games. So to find out for a few of those that, as with all those things, a few people have, have not taken in the spirits it's meant was pretty galling, actually. That, 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 that was upsetting. Um, but I think you have to be also at the same time um, realistic and, and take the view that 95% of those people that, that got the tickets really benefited from them. They had a, they had a good day. Um, and, I, and I checked on um, with the guys about when the last time Sunderland had a 45,000 gate was. And the feedback came back from the team that they think it was Liverpool. Um, but on the Liverpool game, apparently we had to give... Or we didn't give them, but they were discounted, you know, and almost given away six thousand tickets. Or we didn't do anything yeah. for that. So that was a genuine forty-five thousand, and that that for the fans, that's a fantastic achievement for the, for the fans to have done that, and such a lovely thing for them to have done. And that, and they bought into it, and you know, it was well over a thousand people there. So, um, you know, if you were frustrated like I was as a as a fan that a few of those found their way into the wrong hands, then it's disappointing. But I think. You know, on balance, if you're going to give 1,500, 2,000 tickets away, you might find 30 or 40 that go in the wrong hands. But by and large, um, that they went where they, they should do and the people were extremely grateful. So I think it was a great thing for was the that to do. Was that scheme probably the, the, the thing that made you most proud that you owned this club? Um, and did that show you it, it, what sort of club it was? Well, it did make me proud, but I have to say... Um, you know, being part of this football club is amazing. I mean, it, it's such an honour to 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 be involved and such a such a privilege to 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 look after it. Um, and when you see the response of the fans and how many we're getting to all these things, and, and it really has hit home to me. You know how passionate everyone is, and and you know said it before. It's their hopes and their dreams, and uh, I I don't think I could be any any prouder than than what I am because all the things that they've done the seats the tickets uh, the attendance the positive attitude when we've gone behind uh, goals the whole thing uh, just um, uh, it just makes me proud it's, it's just it's just a privilege to be involved and that was just another thing that I thought you know they're just amazing tomorrow we've got Newcastle yes looking forward to it not looking forward to it um uh, well, I expect my Twitter will go mad with those Newcastle fans that Probably. are coming to pop at me um, yeah. if we if we don't get the right result. Um, no, I, I'm 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 not that um, hung up on it as uh, maybe I should be or whatever. I'm focused on, you know, can we get to Wembley? Um, I'm focused on can we can we get out of the league? Um, and you know, it's not Newcastle's first team. Um, it hasn't captured the imagination, I don't think, with our fans that, um, you know, it, it might do because I think they they see that as well. They they see that it's a, 
you know, it, it's it's Newcastle's under 23s. It's insulting almost. Like, well, to um, me, it, it yeah, I, I it's a Premier that. League yeah. fixture. In some ways, it's 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 a no win because if we win, who cares? You know, um, yeah. who cares? And if we lose, um, it's embarrassing. That, that, that also, but but um, you know, I, I, I don't I don't I don't care what Newcastle fans think. They they don't care what I think. Um, you know, they concentrate on their football club, and we'll concentrate on ours. What I care about um, is can we get to Wembley in the checker trade, and can we deliver promotion? And that's you know, the Newcastle game is is. I'm more interested in the Luton game, if I'm honest. Cool. Do you, do you think you'll make the money back from policing? Um, well, of course, a lot's been made of that. And, yeah. of course, the difficult thing is at the start, although, we, although we've said, can we have less Newcastle fans here because of concerns, when we budget for the pricing, we don't know whether the EFL are going to say yes or no. So we have to budget worst-case scenario. Well, we, make, we, we, we won't make much money from it at all. Um, and the police are concerned because of this other game that happened before where there was a bit of trouble, but it wasn't a first-team game. It was last year. It was the um, under-23s. They were ripping out all the seats in the yeah, south well, stand. Yeah, well, you know, I was, you know, a lot of fans come on to me and say, well, what if they rip our seats out? Well, I'm not sure what the rules are, but the good news is it's a cup game, so I think we would split any profit. So I'm sure if they decide to deface our stadium, we'll be saying to Newcastle, well, your fans have done it, so we'll keep your bit of the money. So, in effect, any damage that Newcastle fans do, they'll be paying for. So It's vandalism. It's, I mean, it yeah. is against the law. Well, um, uh, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what the view is. But I think I would hope we wouldn't do it. Um, if we went to Newcastle for a game and damaged their stadium and Newcastle said, you know, you can pay for that, I think morally that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, are, you, so, are you worried about their fans being in the home end? No. No, no, no. Um, um, we'll deal with it if they are. I presume. Oh, yeah. you can't. If if what's and maybe's, you can't. You yeah, know, no, you can't necessarily. Yeah. you can't spend your whole life worried about yeah. things that might or might not. Um, happen. yeah, I mean, um, if if they are, they are. They're not supposed to be, and um, I expect um, if they sit on their hands, um, and are well behaved, um, if if um, uh, that's how it goes, then we won't know. And if they celebrate in a two. And Rowdy Manor will cause trouble. Um, uh, and hopefully they won't have anything to celebrate anyway. Then, then we'll have to deal with it, won't we? So it, it is what it is. Okay, so we're pretty much done here. Luton game this weekend, though. So yes, big, 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 probably biggest game of the season. Would I, you say? I, I think so. Yeah, I, I think it's a big game. They're obviously, you know, it's, it's second against third. If we can, if we can win it, you know, we get, we go into second place. Don't we um, with the game yeah, in hand, and it feels a bit different. If you lose it, um, Ooh, you know, you're, 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 yeah, you're, you're a bit further behind. But they're going to be there. I mean, the fans that I've touched on have been fantastic. Um, but I've said to to Jack and Charlie and and, and, and myself, and, and we need to get the players and everything, and the fans. We can't be complacent. The teams at the top of this league are decent. We all need to turn up. Um, you know, Luton are going to turn up and make some noise. Charlton second half made some noise. Pompey. We're noisy. Um, you know, I'd encourage our fans to turn up, be as noisy as they can be. And if they can, you know, I, I know it's not always easy, you know, stay to the end, cheer us through uh, and, and, and get behind us like they do. And if it doesn't quite start right, um, you know, just, just keep with us and we'll do our very best. But it's, um, it's important now as we come into the back months of the season that we're, that we're not complacent, any of us. Me, the fans, um, Jack, the players. If we're going to get out of this league, we have all got to pull together and we have all got to, to turn up. You know, we need the fans to turn up, we need the players to turn up on the pitch, you need me to turn up in January and do my bit. Um, uh, uh, and, and the fans have done it and the players have done it so far uh, and, 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 and so have I. So if we keep that up, 
um, then we'll have a great chance. And I think Luton is is one where we all need to turn up. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Stuart, for coming in no, and uh, no problem. clarifying so many four pages worth of questions. And uh, you never know next time. Rambling on. Yeah, yeah, next time it'll be more, no doubt. Um, and thanks, Netflix, for coming in. And you'll see us in a year's time. Let's hope so. Yeah, <laughs> on there, show my ugly faces and see my bald spot. Um, so, yeah. Well, we can compare it in a yeah. year's time. You think? See if I've... I can I get a hair transplant? No. You can donate. I'll do a Just hey. Given page. You hey. can, you can I, can, I was going to say, I can't donate any hair, can I? I can no, you can donate the... The finances. The thing is, if you get one as well, maybe get two for one. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. No, there wouldn't be any point. I'm sure even that would fall out after a year. Of, um, I'll be fine. Sunderland. Yeah, but well, maybe like budget it far when you retire. Uh, in all seriousness, the longer I'm here, um, you know, the more determined I am to, 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 to try and get this right. And once you've watched football here, you, you don't want to watch it anywhere else. This, 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 is, this is the place for me. I've just got to make sure I can... You'll never leave. Uh, well, <laughs> um, no, I'll, I don't think I'll ever stop being a fan. I've just got to make sure that I can put the club in a position where it can deliver everyone's hopes and dreams. Um, you know, and I'm not an Ellis Short that's going to spend 150 million on it. But sometimes that doesn't work either. But I am more determined than I've ever been. And it just gets stronger every day to try and, um, to try and deliver for everyone. And, um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do that for as long as everyone wants me to. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.